We welcome you to the Living on Purpose series. This morning we continue in the book of Daniel and talk about the great men and women of God that stood up for the Lord and made a difference. They lived on purpose. Everyone say they lived on purpose. Uh, 6 and 17. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. They thought they could stop God's purposes. No one can stop God's purposes. Can I get an amen? Verse 23, the king was exceedingly sad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. He was anxious. So Daniel was taken up out of the lion's den and no wounds were found on him because he trusted in his God. Someone say he trusted in his God. In verse 26, Darius makes a decree to all the nations of the world that in every dominion and kingdom must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and he rescues. Has God ever delivered and rescued you? Can I get an amen? And he works signs and wonders for he has delivered Daniel from the power power of the lions. This morning, what to do when the lions roar. I want to read out of 2 Timothy 3 before we pray. At my first defense, no one came to support me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. This is the words of the apostle Paul, his last words, but the Lord, someone say, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength and I was delivered from the lion's mouth and the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his kingdom. This morning, what to do when the lions roar? Because you serve no ordinary lion. You serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is an extraordinary lion. And when he roars, nations tremble, darkness ceases, and the kingdom of God prevails. Give King Jesus a great shout of praise this morning to the lion of Judah. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit. Speak, sir. You know how much you help me. Help me again, sir. It is all in you. Speak to my brothers and sisters. Speak what I don't even say. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Establish them this morning for the lion's den that they are facing, Lord. And let us hear the sound of sweet victory to the name of Jesus. And the church said... Amen. Amen. In case you know, Daniel's name is synonymous with Daniel in the lion's den. You've come to that point in the story, but I think you will learn something new for you today. I pray that you will. In case you're wondering if those were measly lions, they weren't. The men that falsely accused Daniel because of Babylonian rule, which is not God's rule, were thrown in before their bodies could hit the bottom of the den. Their bones were crushed. We know that the angel of the Lord that protects us protected Daniel. Anybody thankful for the protection of the most? Most high God, if you are, give him another shout of praise this morning. Daniel enters Babylon as a young man. He's a child of God, and he's still a child of God at 80 years old. Mama Linda, he's 80, and they're still going after him. Oh, me, oh, my. 
He's 80 years old and he could think about retirement, but he's still living a life that's valuable to the kingdom and it's valuable to the darkness. I'm going to tell you, doesn't matter if you're eight or if you're 80, God is not done with you yet. Come on, middle-agers, give him a shout of praise. Daniel was connected to walking the chosen vessel's home that we talked about last week. Wasn't that a service? And I love the way the Lord is going to move this morning. One thing the Lord taught me when I began to minister, he said, don't demand out of me a certain mood. I don't demand a certain mood out of you. If I want to come quietly and weeping with you, let me come. If I want to come with a shout, let me come. Your best and dearest friends, you don't say when they're sorrowful, be happy you old fool but the Bible says you cry with those who cry and you rejoice I love that Holy Spirit doesn't demand a certain mood out of me and I'm not going to demand a certain mood out of him in the revival that's among us I didn't say it was coming I said it's among us we will not demand any certain look from him any certain mood from him but we will say come Holy Spirit in the way that you desire someone give him another praise in this house Daniel is connected to walking those wounded vessels back to Jerusalem you see we live in a culture that overvalues 15 minutes of fame and undervalues lifelong faithfulness it's all about the hits it's all about the clicks on social media it's all about what can I do to be known in a few minutes Daniel was in it for the long haul at 80s years old he is still found faithful with an excellent spirit last week we found out that for 20 years the palace overlooked him he was the man that walked Nebuchadnezzar through his restoration but they forgot about him but when he was found he was still being found faithful can heaven say that about you and I this morning if we go down the road 20 years later will they say I haven't heard anything from Rhonda Davis in 20 years but there she is all gray headed and walking with a cane and she's still found being faithful someone give Jesus a shout of praise this morning he maintained an extraordinary and an excellent spirit going into the lion's den seemed like the worst and the last thing that would ever happen to Daniel but coming out it gave great glory to the king of all kings whose name is Jesus for us and this story brings courage that God knows how to bring kingdoms to their knees and kings will rise and kings will fall but the king named Jesus Christ he shall survive them all someone say hallelujah and this King Darius has now come with a co-regent with Cyrus. Cyrus came into the water where they had hung their harps on the willow tree. And Darius is ruling in this time. And different kings have come. Some were assassinated in the years that Daniel lived there. About 70 years he lived in Babylon. And other kings had been assassinated. And they had come and gone. But Daniel is still the symbol of the kingdom of God. You see, the fight is between the 
kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Nebuchadnezzar had come. Belshazzar had come. All of these. But the vision in the beginning of Daniel showed a stone being thrown at the other kingdoms of the earth. And it says this stone shall come out of nowhere and it shall demolish other kingdoms and its kingdom shall fill the earth. That kingdom is the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. Someone say hallelujah. He is the one that the builders rejected. He is the one that when we're falling apart, he puts us back together. When we can't stand up, he holds us. Can I get an amen? When we're weary, he's our comfort. When everything around us feels shaky, like sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. My grandparents sang it. My great-grandparents sang it. It's a tradition, Mama Joyce, that I'll say today, kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Presidents rise and presidents fall. Nations crumble and nations are born in a day. But this one thing true remains. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Hallelujah. And this ought to give you great faith this morning. The word of God should give you courage this morning to stand that the kingdom that he is building in you cannot be shaken. Storms will come, trials will come, things will come, but the kingdom that's on the inside of you will never be shaken. Look at your neighbor and say, it will never be shaken. He has an opportunity in Babylon, Daniel does, to see the greatness of God in a pagan country. You and I have the opportunity living in 2023 to see the works of God in a pagan world. Can I get an amen? What are the lions that you're dealing with today? Maybe it's betrayal. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it is accusation. Maybe it is worries and stress and anxiety. Maybe it's fears. Maybe it is pressures from within and without difficulty. I say to you this morning, whatever you're facing in your lion's den, maybe it's your relationships. I often say that we think relationships are going to be like a rod through it's a small world. You ever been there? And all the little people are holding hands from all the countries of the world. It's beautiful choir it's a small small world give yourself a hand beautiful and you think that's what your relationships are going to be like when you get married my husband and I we're going to hold hands like the children from around the world we're going to sing to each other every day it's a small world after all and it's going to be so special but rather I think human relationships are like a ride and a trip through Jurassic Park you got a vel velociraptor. I never can say those names. Trying to take your head off. In the early days of the church, Pastor, Ron, uh, Pastor Hank used to say, send Pastor Rhonda in to mediate that situation. I said, I don't want to deal with the dinosaurs. No, you got an anointing of mediation. Go right in among the dinosaurs. And sometimes that's what it feels. A living lion's den where the as-is department of the world is humanity. Everyone has one. Everyone lives with one. Everyone is one. But in that situation, we can still live in the lion's den and come out 
out unharmed. Someone give Jesus a praise this morning. Come on, put your hands together. He, King Jesus, says, I am no ordinary lion. First Peter 5, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your adversary, the devil walks about like a seeking whom he may resist him steadfast in the faith. Say, resist him steadfast. The word Satan, this message is not about him, but we'll pass this, diabolos in the uh, Greek. It means to strike repeatedly. It means to keep striking. And that's concerning. But the Bible says if we resist him, he has to, if we don't entertain him, but we stand with the Lord, Amos 1 and 2 says, the Lord, the lion of Judah will roar. I don't know about you, but I love those, uh, those cartoons or those where they put that little baby lion and the big lion. I think it's in Lion King. And the little lion thinks its roar is scaring everybody away. But what it doesn't know is Simba's behind him, or the daddy, I can't remember, Mufasa. He's behind him, he's roar, really big. Sorry, my voice is tired. And he roars. That's the way it is with you and I and King Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We go up against the enemy. Don't ever think it's your roar. Don't ever think it's that thing. But know that it is the one who stands with you, who stands behind you. When he roars, he is no ordinary lion. Can you say amen? Come, can you say amen this morning? You can live overwhelmed by it all or overshadowed by the one who is in control the line of judah one thing i believe daniel knew was psalm 69 and 19 my adversaries are ever before you lord anything against me is before you and there was a great thing against daniel the way we got here is some governors and satraps which means uh, elected officials went to the king and they were trying to get Daniel out of his place because the king didn't even know was fixing to make Daniel over everyone at 80 years old he's come all the way this line and he's still being faithful and they began to plot against him but they couldn't find anything but his loyalty to his God so they come to King Darius and they trick him let me say to you it's not really the people that are against you it's the spirit behind the people don't make people your enemies. It is the spirit behind the people working through them. And the spirit was that said to Darius, make this decree. We want to make you God for 30 days. I mean, who don't want that? 30 days. Remote control is mine. Can I get an amen? I get to watch what I want. I get to do what I want. Darius fell for it. Make a decree that anyone that prays to anybody besides you, King Darius, will be thrown into the lion's den. And they tricked him into to making the decree and that was where the problem started now when Daniel learned the decree had been made he went home and jumped out of his window no he didn't do that he went home and he prayed toward the city of Jerusalem he did what he had already done and always done I read a book years ago 15 seconds it says in 15 seconds you choose will I walk in faith or fear 15 seconds seconds when you get bad news 15 seconds when a crisis comes because every one of us have an old pattern that we default to when a crisis comes I'm going to wait there every one of us has an old pattern someone say old pattern we default to when a crisis comes it may be rage it may be anger it may be heaviness of spirit you may become meaner than a snake 
maybe become critical and you blame everyone and everybody. An old pattern, maybe it's an old compulsion. We medicate or we isolate. But old patterns can change and new patterns can form. Daniel practiced a holy habit till it became the old pattern. It became what he was used to. They say you can't treat, you can't, wait, wait, you can't teach an old. Y'all are so smart. Why am I even up here? You can't, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'll get out here in a minute. Here's the deal. I've seen that disputed. I've seen people rescue old dogs and teach them things they did not know. And I want to tell you something. You're not an old dog. You are a son and daughter of the most high God. Don't ever say, I come from a long line of warriors. I'll never stop worrying. Don't say that. I come from a long line of critical people. I'll never stop. I had someone say to me one time, I come from a long line of gossipers. It's like an IV in my arm. I can't live without it. And I said, if that's true, then Jesus' blood means nothing to you and I. When we become saved, God teaches us how to take old habits and make them new and make old patterns. Can I get an amen? So when we get into an urgent situation, we have three choices. Austin's going to tell me, first of all, we can panic. As a result, we do the wrong thing. We can panic. Everyone say panic. And we do the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing. Duck Sheets tells this great story about a, a woman that he knew, and she was driving down the interstate, and this truck driver, Pastor Tim, kept coming behind her and kept pushing in on her and kept following her, and he kept trying to run her off the road, and she kept going faster and faster. She was up to like 90 miles per hour, and finally he swerved and ran her off the road. He jumped out, opened the back door, grabbed a, a man that was hunched in her back seat and pulled him out, and he said, this is why I've been chasing you. I'm trying to save you I'm not trying to kill you how many times in our panic we run from the one who can help us how many times in our panic we go the other way we run from the one the psalmist said oh if I had wings I could flee like a bird and get out of here but Nehemiah said why should a man like me flee I am doing a Good work, a great work, and I cannot come down. Sometimes when you're tempted to panic, you have to say, I'm doing a great work and I'm not coming down. Someone say amen. You see, you can leave your family in panic. You can leave your church. You can leave your job. But guess who goes with you? You. Well, Jesus might go too. But you go with you. Look at your neighbor and say, I go with me. So panic, or secondly, is to paralyze you. Paralyze you. We can panic, and as a result, thank you, Austin, because I moved on. We can be paralyzed, and as a result, we do nothing. Can I get an amen? You get paralyzed. Paralyzed is to keep you from moving forward. When you panic and you get paralyzed, you can't move. So you, take, you can't take any ground. You can't do anything. I have lived in moments where I have been paralyzed paralyzed in panic it stops movement it stops you from going forward I had a great story there but I don't think I have time to share it so we'll keep going but you get paralyzed and you do nothing let me tell you something 
determine in your mind, determine in your heart, when you feel panic and you feel like you're going to be paralyzed, say out loud, I'll keep moving if I have to crawl on my belly. If somebody has to drag me by the arms and get me to the next place, I'm going to go. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to isolate. I'm not going to medicate. I'm not going to pull myself in, but I'm going to take one step. It may be one little tiny step, but I'm going to do it. Can I get an amen? And thirdly, we can, here we go, we can pray, and as a result, we do the right thing. Someone say the right thing. You can do a lot of other things after you pray, but it starts with prayer. Daniel gave thanks before the Lord. Daniel said, the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6, be careful or be anxious for nothing. Someone say nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. And the peace of God, someone say the peace of God, will guard your heart our heart and mind. Let me tell you, God would not have told you to pray about everything if everything couldn't be affected by prayer. He did not make you that promise to have a little cute cliche for 2023. All turf is God's turf. And if God says pray about everything, he means it. And I'm going to say it, and I've said it before. Don't complicate prayer. Don't make prayer mystical. Don't make it some... And I'm just imitating an Indian because my husband was Creek. Don't make it like that. Make it simple. Keep it simple. God hears short, immediate prayers. Don't make it so hard. The name of Jesus on the mouth of a little seven-year-old girl is a 911 to heaven. All you've got to say is Jesus. In fact, we used to say about my mama, she'd say, Rhonda Renee Bron Jesus. Rhonda Renee Bron Jesus. Jesus was always the fourth name. And I'm telling you today, don't make prayer so complicated. The words of help me, Jesus, is all you need. Jesus said himself, don't heap up big phrases like the Pharisees. They say things to be heard. They make their prayers sound mystical and magical. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a hard place, I don't want a pre-written prayer. I want a prayer that says, God, help me out of this. I don't know the way out of this, but I know you do. Somebody give him praise this morning. Daniel believed that prayer was so powerful and it worked so powerful that he was unwilling to stop praying for 30 days. For 30 days. What if your prayers for a prodigal were stopped for 30 days? Would that that weigh heavy on your heart? What about 30 days for healing or for financial breakthrough? What about this? Maybe Daniel could have said, well, others have hung their harps on the willow tree, so I will too. Why do I have to pray? I mean, it's going to be okay. I'll just back up for 30 days. I love the story. I watched Pastor Billy a lot this weekend. He was um, was on the Victory Channel. And it was wonderful to talk to him about those miracles. But I love that moment when he put those fingers into that deaf little boy. And he heard the sound of the enemy say, if you will lay off of me, I will lay off of you. No one could hear it but Pastor Billy. But what you can hear is when he screams, I'm not going to scream this morning, no deal devil. And he said, come out. And the little boy could hear. I'm going to tell you, we should not give up any ground because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we 
we could think or ask or hope. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Why? But Daniel knew he was directly related to some miracles. And you are too. His eyes and his heart were on the promise in the situation. What he was saying is, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. And I don't need to know how. Sometimes what happens to us is we get clogged up in the how. It's not the how, it's the who. And because we're such people that <coughs> we can manage things so well, we can take control so well, that we want to fix it for God and tell him how he can do it. When God says, I don't need you to lay out a manuscript. I don't need you to give me a blueprint. I just need you to believe in who is holding the miracle in his hands. I just need to know you're the one. And at 80 years old, Daniel kept praying out of the window toward Jerusalem, believing that God was going to come and deliver his people. What is your window this morning? What is the scripture? that you can lay your hand on what is the tears sometimes you cry for someone that's away from the Lord God honors that compassion what about your checkbook that you lay your hand on what about your job we must do like Daniel and say I'm not lifting my soul to anything but I'm lifting my soul Psalms 25 and 1 to the Lord can you say amen for those who look to him are radiant and never come with shame I will lift my eyes to the hills the psalmist said where my help comes from where does my help come from the maker of the heavens and the earth he's the who I don't need to know the how come on somebody he's the who I don't need to know the how go ahead and give him a praise this morning he is so in moments that the enemy or your flesh wants you gagged and bound where you don't open your mouth I've been there and paralyzed you we have to put our faith in Christ and say I won't be gagged and I won't be bound I will speak out the things that I know to speak. I will do opposite of what I feel. I will not let my feelings rule me, but I will lift my face to God and my chin to the sky for his redemption will draw nigh. As for me, Psalms 55, I will call upon the Lord and the Lord shall save me. I will cry aloud in my distress and he will hear my voice. He will ransom me unharmed. Ransom means completely from the battle waged against me. You and I don't need to wig out quietly. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Grandmother used to say, don't wig out, honey. It was one of those sayings. Don't wig out. You thought, I ain't wearing a wig, Grandma. She goes, I don't care. Don't wig out. Don't wig out. That means don't lose it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lose it. Don't wig out quietly. Don't beat around the bush with the Lord. Get it out and get it on the table. The last thing your enemy wants is for you to speak or pray the word of God. The last thing the enemy wants you to do is to declare the goodness of God, rehearse the goodness of God, speak the goodness of God, to say in that moment that the lion's den is pressing in, wow, things are going bad. I'm in this difficulty. I'm in this job situation. My heart is hurting. I have this brokenness. But even in that moment, I will say, I remember when you saved me when I was 16 years old. I remember when you healed me when I was 23. I 
I remember when you made a way when there was no way. I remember when you turned around what could not be turned around. I remember when you parted the sea in my life. I remember when you lowered the wall. I'm going to keep on praising you. I'm going to keep on blessing you because the high praises of the Lord shall be in our mouth and a double-edged sword in our hands. Somebody praise him in this place. To execute judgment on darkness is what that song says. The high praises. When you begin to praise the Lord, I don't see how this is going to turn around. But I praise you even in this lion's den of this difficulty, this unanswered prayer, this thing I'm dealing with. I praise you, Lord, in the midst of this. And I will be able, there was many times in my home when my husband broke his back and was sick for a long, long, long time that I would walk the floors and I would praise the Lord out loud with scripture where he could hear me. And he, when I'd stop, he'd say, don't stop, baby, don't stop. Or then I'd begin to sing the praises. Even his last few days, before he fell unconscious on our floor I would build a place of singing he said things are better when you sing around me things are better and I kept singing and praising that's not because I'm holy it is not because I'm righteous but because I have learned that he inhabits the praises of his people he inhabits when I began to praise him when I began to remind him of everything he's done I don't like where I'm at right now you might say Daniel didn't like where he was right then he was a captive in Babylon but when we build a cloud of praise the clouds get full and the glory comes down somebody praise him in the house this morning no one can take your hallelujah no one no darkness can take your hallelujah I love the song that says, I'll praise before my breakthrough. It says, because no valley can take my hallelujah, no struggle. My hallelujah may get quieter. My hallelujah may be through tears. My hallelujah may be weaker than other moments, but no one will take my hallelujah from me. I may say hallelujah on the mountain, and I may say hallelujah in the valley. I may say hallelujah when everything is going right and I may say hallelujah when the world is pressing in but this one thing I know he who came in power will come again he who heals the sick won't he move again he who raised the dead he will raise it again I will sing hallelujah no one will take my praise and why don't you why don't you praise him why don't you praise him why don't you praise him for 30 seconds come on build this room with his praise build this room with his praise hallelujah hallelujah to king jesus hallelujah you see because the enemy can't read your mind but he watches what you say he watches how you react god can read your mind I, my husband and I kept duct tape in a drawer. It's still there today. When one of us were tempted, we just pulled the duct tape out. Do I need to tape your mouth or you want to tape mine? We never did it, but it was a reminder when things pushed in on us that we had to watch what we said. We had to watch what we said. 
and make sure that we spoke what the word says, which is confession, just to say what God says in his word. It's not denying anything. It's being honest. But when we open our mouth and speak, you see God framed the world by his very words and the universe is still expanding. God can read our mind, but he wants us to speak his word so that the word of God is always effective. That means when I feel in despair, I will speak the word of God of Psalms 27. I would have despaired unless I had believed to see in the goodness of the Lord. When I feel pushed back, I will say I have been pushed back and about to fall, but I know, Lord, you will sustain me. Can you say amen? When I feel weak, I can say his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And when my heart is overwhelmed, I will say, lead me to the rock that is higher than high. Hide me and you, King Jesus. Someone say hallelujah. And when I'm afraid, I will say, I will fear not for you've called me by name. I am yours. When I go through the waters, I will not drown. When I go through the fire, I will not be burned. For the Lord has called me by his own name. And when my heart is breaking, I will say he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up all their wounds. And when I'm mourning, I will turn around and say, I may be mourning today, but I'm going to turn around and tomorrow he will give me beauty for ashes I may be grieving today but when I turn around you'll see he has given me the oil of joy that never runs out I want to tell you today speak the word of God and you will see a difference somebody give him a shout of praise and I love it they came to King Darius and they said Daniel's defied you he's praying one of the exiles from Judah. Daniel was a great man of notoriety, but they called him an exile. That's okay. That's okay. He said, he has defied you, and he's praying. And you wrote a decree, Darius, and you signed it, and you sealed it. So here you go. He has to go in the lion's den. Bible says that Darius loved Daniel so much, he fought till sundown. Many historians believe that he searched every government rule of Babylon to try to find an out, but he couldn't find one. Then Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And but I love what Darius said to him before. And Josh, if you'll come help me, I still have a little way to travel. What Darius said to him, Gail, was, your God whom you serve will deliver you. Is that not crazy? You see, the world around you wants to see you get through by your faith. Oh, no, they don't, Pastor Ron. They mock me. They make fun of me. But in their heart of hearts, humanity have served too long that I know this for sure. They want to believe there's something bigger than themselves. They want to believe that something is real and authentic and legitimate. We don't need to be selling the gospel of nothing bad will ever happen to you if you come to Jesus. That's, <laughs> that's not the gospel that we're trying to sell. What they want to see is you holding on when you should be letting go. What they want to see is you showing up when you should be checking out. What they want to see is tears running down your face, but you say, I don't know how, but God's going to turn this around. They want to see in your pain and your tension, even your anger toward God. That's okay. They want to hear you say, I can't live without him. And I'd rather be here with him than without him. I can't live. I, I sang a song to Christine. Don't fear, Christine. I'm not going to sing it this morning, but... 
One of the songs I sang in a trio in Southern California with my sister and Pastor David Cooper, pastors the big Mount Perrin. I say that just to give a little credence to the trio. Um, we sang a lot of songs in Southern California. One of those was by Andre Crouch. If heaven never was promised to me, neither the promise to live eternally, it's been worth just having the Lord in my life. Living in a world of darkness, he came along and brought me the light. And it goes on to say, he's been my closest friend down through the years. People used to ask my husband, what if you're wrong about Jesus? What if there is no heaven and there is no hell? I, I won't tell you one thing he would say often about that, but the, the good thing that he would say was this, because he was quite a little prankster. But he said, I want to tell you, if I die and there's no heaven, I have still lived a fantastic life because he's my comfort when I'm weary. He's my shelter in the storm. He carried me through. And I want to say to you this morning, that's the thing that we live about. That's the thing that we breathe about. And that is that the world wants to see that we are holding on to hope when the world is, seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. We've been called to influence the influential. Darius had great prominence and Daniel affected him. You know, the Bible says that whosoever shall call Call on the name of the Lord shall be. Do you have a whosoever you work near? Do you live near a whosoever? Do you love a whosoever? This is not a God forsaken world as long as the church is here. And he's called us to say to the whosoever, come, come. Jesus is greater. Jesus is better. Jesus is more loving. You won't understand everything. I don't understand everything. But I know this. If you don't love him, you don't know him because once you know him you can't help but love him you may get mad you may get furious you may cry you may want to throw a fit you may want to run away but I'm telling you I've lived in a pit without him I'm never going back to living without King Jesus somebody give him a praise in this house hallelujah and they sealed that tomb so crazy with a signet ring of the king that went enough they wanted to add a little extra umph the signet ring of the leaders the enemy always overplays his hand it said they did this so Daniel's purpose could not be changed one translation said so Daniel's situation couldn't be changed enemy says I got this I'm going to roll this stone in front of Austin Chadwick's purpose so it can't be changed <laughs> says the godly wife boom I used the wrong person in the illustration <laughs> that's what I'd have said about Pastor Hank woman after my own heart I'm going to roll this purpose in front of Billy Bob and I'm not going to let his purpose go forward I'm not going to let this situation be changed but Daniel's purpose and your purpose is in the hands of the sovereign God it doesn't matter who votes you in or who votes you out. It doesn't matter who stands with you and who does not stand with you. You do not have the one situation that cannot change. You do not, you are not the universe's exemption to the clause of God's glory. Here is God for everyone, but read the fine print here. It's not for you, Sarah girl. No Sarah's this morning. It's not for you, Sarah girl. You don't have the situation that God can't change. God never saw a situation that he could not change. He could not heal. He could not reverse. Give King Jesus a shout of praise. 
If they build a wall around your purpose, so they build a dam on the river of your purpose, and you think, oh, man, it's against me. Nobody wants me. No one this, no one that. We all get in those ridiculous pity parties sometime. The Lord says, I can knock that dam down. And I mean the dam that they build around. <laughs> Lord. Here's a little note of unspirituality. When I was growing up, we loved to say Chickamauga Dam because that's the only way we could say it and my mother not slap us on the backside. So whenever we pass under Chickamauga Dam, we go, ha, 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 ha. Anyway, that's what Church of God kids do when they can't cuss. Can I get an amen? <laughs> You'll never think again the same way about Chickamauga. I told you he has different moods. He's definitely here in a different way today. <laughs> he will knock down that dam. He will knock down that wall. Again, Spirit of the Lord reminds me to say again, you don't have the one situation that cannot change. It was so ridiculous. The king couldn't sleep. He wrestled all night. He couldn't even be entertained. He loved Daniel so much. The next morning, he goes out first early light, and he says, Daniel, and this is the anguished voice of the world to you this morning. Listen to me. Has the God you serve been able to rescue you? That's what the world is asking you today. They're not asking you to be perfect. They're just saying, did you go through that? You know, there's people that work fast food here, sorry. And they'll say to me, not to lift up me, but the Lord, you know, they'll call me pastor. Pastor, we knew pastor, your husband, and we've watched you. You're still smiling. I'll say, oh, my heart's breaking. I miss him. He's my peanut butter to my jelly. Come on, somebody. I miss him so terribly but I have one who walks with me. That's what the world is looking for. The world is looking for you to shake the snake off of that thing that grabbed hold of you right there and not run away. Not go hide in your house, but to stay right out in the open and say, I'm going to walk this thing out right in the middle. I'm not going to pull my curtains and eat double W Rocky Road ice cream. I just made that up. I'm going to eat that whole container. I'm not going to leave my house. I'm going to drink beer and smoke my cigars. And uh, I guess that's what other people do. I don't know. I'm just going to stay in here. No, what the world is looking for is a church of Jesus Christ that will say, I'm going through something and I'm going to keep coming out here. I'm going to keep worshiping here. I'm going to keep being among community. I'm not going to hide what I'm going through. We had too many years of hiding what we're going through. The church of Jesus Christ at Harvest is a whosoever church. We don't care what you did last night. We don't care what you do tomorrow. If you got to come in here drunk as a skunk and smelling like weed and missing half your hair, you come on in. You are welcome here go ahead and stand and give him praise come on come on go ahead and give him praise thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and Daniel walked through just keep standing we'll get through this we came an early light to ask him has God rescued you reminds us of the early light when the Pharisees and scribes came to Roman ruler and say you know seal that tomb because that man Jesus said in three days he'd rise again seal it like any seal of any man can stop the power of God but the Bible says on the third day the exousius the dunamis in the Greek power of God shook the ground and the angel rolled away the stone and Jesus rose heaven merely counted to three and sometimes all you need is to wait for the power of God to move what is unmovable somebody praise him this morning 
Hallelujah. And I've got you standing. So he was lifted up out of there with no wounds on him. I want to speak to you in these closing moments about the wounds of your heart and your spirit before we pray over you. Odd way to end, but I would rather be obedient. Not odd, but maybe softer ending. Proverbs 18 and 14 says, The spirit of a man will sustain him, but who can bear a wounded spirit? Wounds get inside your heart. They get hidden back in nooks and crooks and little crevices. We don't sometimes know they're there till someone pushes the wrong button on us. And they say, what did I say? And it's not what they said. It's the things that you've got back in there. 1983, as you know, the Holy Spirit came to live in my house with me. I never saw him, but he began to work. And he spoke to me through Psalms 44 and 21. Rhonda, you've got wounds and scars inside of you. And I want to bind them up. And I want to heal them. Binding is to chase to himself. It's Jehovah Rapha, his name, and heal you. I said, Lord, I don't have any wounds. I'm leading worship. I'm directing a junior choir, traveling with Brother Perry, who tried to be here this morning, he and Pammy. Lord, I don't have any of those. And the Lord said, yes, I've searched inside of you. I've seen them. And these wounds, Rhonda, if you let them just keep going, they're going to hemorrhage. And you're going to bleed out. You're going to bleed out. And you can't move forward. God's people said that in the book of Jeremiah to the Lord. They said, woe to me, my wound is incurable. And I must resign myself to just endure it. Sometimes that's what we do with that anger inside of us. That bitterness, that unforgiveness, that rejection, that low self-esteem. And I'll just carry it with me, Lord. I'll just take it with me everywhere. My injury is beyond healing and I, I caused this. I made my bed, now I'll lie in it. Somehow you think God only rolls the stone away for great people like Daniel. That is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how you got the wounds. If they were self-inflicted or inflicted upon others. If it was a bump in your past or a bump someone else gave you. They are there and the Lord says, I don't want you to continue dragging those wounds. My process of healing was not in a shout. Rachel, it was a process where the Lord began to heal my heart and my mind through many weeks, through many times, through healing for damaged emotions. He began to take those wounds upon himself. I could not do what I do today if he had not come in 1983 and said, enough is enough. Enough is enough, Rhonda. You've just carried these things and you've carried them having gone through a divorce and gone through everything I went through in that being married to an addict and then all the things I brought on myself and mistakes that I made terrible mistakes and I just thought I'll just drag them I'll just go through life with some second class kind of category and live with that but I love how God responds to Israel and Jeremiah 10 20 chapters later in Jeremiah 30 he says your wound is incurable your injury is beyond healing and your allies have forsaken you. It sounds so harsh, but what he's saying is nothing you're leaning on is going to help you now. Allies, something you lean on. I lean on this or I lean on that. Or I take comfort from this. I take comfort to that. But he said, no, your healing is beyond all of that. But you will not resign yourself to endure it. For I, the Lord, will restore you to health and I will heal your wounds. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Team, come and help me if you would. Hallelujah. Someone just lift a hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Christ can ransom us. I had another ending, but he has stopped me here, and I'd rather be obedient right here. As every eye is closed in this room, you say, Pastor Rhonda, I have some wounds in my heart. There are some things I just need to give to him. It may be as simple as fear or betrayal or rejection. It may be so many different things, low self-esteem. These things I've just carried, self-doubt. I'm frustrated today. I don't know. Is my eyes closed and every eye in this room is closed? I'm closing my eyes too. If that's you, I just want you to lift a little bit of a hand. I'm not going to see who lifts their hands, but God bless you as you do. God sees you. God sees you this morning. God sees you this morning. God sees you this morning. King Jesus, we know that you are here. Look up just for a moment. Let me say this to you. No ordinary lion is King Jesus. Babylon knelt to the name of God Almighty in his glory and his fame. He brought that kingdom to its knees. Everything you go through in your life will bring the kingdom of God great glory if you trust him and bring the kingdom of darkness to its knees. But here's the deal. This morning he's for you. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Maybe there's some things that are just hurting you this morning and you'd like to bring them to the Lord. Whatever it is, he's here for you. Pastor Rhonda, how do you do that? I wish I could say it's this or that. All I know is I gave it to him. You have to admit it first. You have to say, Jesus, I feel betrayed or I feel overlooked. Jesus, I'm struggling in this situation. Here it is, King Jesus. And I don't know what that process will look like, but all I know is today I want to admit that it's here. I want to admit that I'm struggling with it, and I want you to heal it, King Jesus. I want to go forward. I don't want to be paralyzed. Whatever that is, he's here for you right now. They're going to begin to sing a song, and I want you just to worship, and I want you to talk to him. I'm not, you're welcome to come up, but I'm not asking you to. But as they sing this song, I want you to make the place where you're standing an altar. I just want you to look up to him right now, and I want you to allow him to bring healing and remedy right now as they begin to sing. Lord Jesus, we ask you just to move by your Holy Spirit. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to just move in this place. We ask you to move in this place, Lord.